Morning, everybody, and welcome to Christchurch Selly Park in Birmingham. This morning's theme, Jesus prays for his followers, and uh, John will going to be speaking to us uh, about that in due course. Uh, I will actually say one thank you at the beginning, just so as I don't forget. Thanks, as ever, to all those people who've done so much work sort of in preparation for the service. So firstly, musicians, thank you very much indeed. Uh, we do love your work and we're really grateful for all you do. And thank you to all the various tech people who make it all work. And of course, we always say a big thank you to Phil and rightly so. Uh, I don't know how he does it. Thank you, Phil, for all you do for us. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you and also with you. And then we can say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's pray together then. Thank you, loving Father, for the gift of another Sunday. A day of rest. A day when we remember the context in which we live every day. And thank you for this moment of focus within that focused day. For the moment when we move closer to the center of our spinning lives, and in so doing, closer to each other. We're drawing together now, whether in this building or remotely, because we want to worship you. We want to ask for and receive your forgiveness. We want to learn more about you, and we want to be inspired to follow you more closely. It's a lot to ask, but we ask it confident that we have a holy, forgiving, loving, teaching, and inspiring God to whom be all glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, the readings from John chapter 17, verses 6 to 19. I'm reading the version from the Common English Bible. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from this world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. This is because I gave them the words that you gave me, and they received them. They truly understood that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you gave me, because they are yours. Everything that is mine is yours, and everything that is yours is mine. I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, even as I'm coming to you. Holy Father, watch over them in your name, the name you gave me, and they will be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I watched over them in your name, the name you gave to me, and I kept them safe. None of them were lost except the one who was destined for destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. Now I'm coming to you, and I say these things while I'm in the world so that they can share completely in my joy. I gave your word to them, and the world hated them because they don't belong to this world, just as I don't belong to this world. I'm not asking that you take them out of this world, but that you keep them safe from the evil one. They don't belong to this world, just as I don't belong to this world. 
Make them holy in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I made myself holy on their behalf, so that they also would be made holy in the truth. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being here this morning. Uh, We thank you for the privilege of being able to gather together, albeit in strange circumstances with masks and distance and all that sort of stuff. But we thank you that you're not masked, Lord. You're not distanced from us, but by your Holy Spirit, you're right here with us. And we thank you for that beautiful reality and that beautiful promise that where two or three, even two or three are gathered together there, you are Lord Jesus. And we thank you for that. Be with us, we pray. Amen. Okay, I'd like us to imagine, just imagine, a situation where someone who's been leading a great enterprise is going to leave it. Be it Bill Gates, be it, uh, what's his name, Bezos, or whoever it is. That they're finished, they're passing it on to somebody else. The leadership will be somebody else's. There'll be information they want to pass on. There'll be other stuff that I want to impart to them, wisdom that they've learned over the years. Because from now on, these people are going to be in charge. They'll want to encourage them to keep going in the right direction. And I, they'll hope that these people are paying great attention to what's being said to these final instructions. Now, in the Bible reading that we didn't read, the chapters just before Uh, Lovely Bible reading this morning, and thank you, James, for reading it. In the chapters before our reading, we see Jesus doing just such a thing, giving his final instructions to the people who are going to take over this great work. And now, amazingly, in our Bible reading, we hear Jesus, we overhear Jesus praying about this to his heavenly Father. What a privilege it is to hear Jesus praying. I don't know how many of of us would be happy to have people overhear us praying one-to-one to God. On a church weekend away, oh, some years ago now, I remember a friend telling me that fairly early in the morning at the centre we were staying at, he could overhear an old man in the next room praying out loud, talking to God starting the day by talking to God. And rather than listening in, he, he said he felt it was wrong to be overhearing what this man was saying. You see, when we're praying, hopefully the barriers are down. It's just us and God if we're praying in a one-to-one. We're pouring out our hearts to God. We, we're saying how we feel things are. We're making ourselves vulnerable. We're telling God how much we're depending on him. And here, amazingly, we have this privilege of overhearing Jesus praying. Praying to his father about leaving his disciples and the the things he'll want for them after he's gone. Well, even in this short passage, we can't cover everything this morning. But I've picked out some key ideas which I think are, are really important for us. And I'd like to focus on these. They are, the disciples have believed and accepted Jesus' words is one of the points. Next, they're being sent 
into an alien world. Jesus wants his disciples to be protected and he wants them to be united. They're the four points I, I'd like us to concentrate on this morning. Don't, don't try and remember them all at once because, well, I wouldn't be able to remember them all at once. But let's go to the first one. The disciples have believed and accepted Jesus' words. Of course, it wasn't just during these last few hours that Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's been with them for the previous three years. And although there were lots of things they didn't understand, they had accepted and they had believed Jesus' teaching. And now they had a good foundation on which to build. And they'd be able to spread the good news, carry on spreading the good news about Jesus to others because they'd spent time listening to him, being with him. For us too, I'm stating the obvious, it's so important that we too spend time listening to Jesus, learning from him. Whether we've been followers of Jesus for many years or just a few days, we need to set aside time to spend time reading God's word, spend time in prayer, getting to know Jesus' thoughts, his attitudes, spending time learning from the Master, getting to know more about this good news that we need to be passing on to others and that we need to be living out in our lives. Of course, just like those disciples, there are things that we won't understand. Believe me, there will be things that we don't understand. That we'll get wrong. Yes, we'll get things wrong. But still, Jesus' call comes to us to go and spread this good news and to live out this good news of his love. Now, as Jesus is praying, he underlines that even though he was going away and the disciples would be left to carry on the work of telling others the good news, the disciples are being sent into an alien world, an unfriendly world. It isn't Jesus' intention that his disciples are scooped out of this world and taken away from all possible sources of conflict. Not at all. He prays to his Father in verse 18, As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. But they had to realize they didn't actually belong to this world that they were being sent into. Jesus prays in verse 14, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. He was here basically admitting in prayer to his father that the world had hated him. But so too his disciples would be hated. Not a pleasing thought, is it? Jesus' followers, you and me, are of a different kingdom. We march to the beat of a different drum. Another book in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about saints of old realizing that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. So we shouldn't be surprised if, when we talk about Jesus, the room might go quiet. There might be an uneasy or kind of embarrassed feeling in the room talking about Jesus. Or we might even face some kind of outright opposition. 
Although in some countries, the authorities actively try to suppress Christian activities and Jesus' followers live under persecution. There will be times when there are hard decisions we have to make. When the claim that Jesus has on our lives and going his way rubs up against the prevailing culture that doesn't recognize him and the way of life that he calls us to. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus here prays for his disciples to be protected. Verse 11, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. What was that name? Jesus, Saviour, the one who is our salvation and who will keep us. Do you remember a, a few weeks ago when Chris Turner was talking to us about the armour that God provides for our spiritual protection? The armour that God does provide for our spiritual protection. The various ways in which God will protect us. And God is with us by his Holy Spirit to strengthen us and to keep us. We mustn't run away with the idea that we won't ever suffer. The New Testament makes very clear that Jesus, Jesus' followers are called to take up their cross and follow him, that, that at times life will be a struggle. Again, in that same book of Hebrews, that same chapter 11, we read of how God's followers suffered in Old Testament times. And the story goes on into our day. But through it all, nothing will happen to us that God does not allow. There may be times when we're screaming out, why? Why, God, have you allowed this to happen? Why, God, don't you just intervene and do something? We might not actually get an answer that satisfies until we, we meet him. But God is a good God, and he will be with us through it all. Finally, how are the disciples to live together while this is going on? Well, Jesus wants his disciples to be united. In verse 11, praying to his Father, so that they may be one as we are one. Jesus wants us to be as close to one another as he is to his Father. Just pause there. Can you imagine that? Jesus and his Father, they couldn't be closer. And that's how he wants us to be with one another. What an amazing thought. What a challenging thought. Over the years I've been a member here at Christ Church, I found that there is a beautiful love and a unity among us. And hopefully this is seen and felt by others as they come into this building although there have been fewer people coming in, I know, but hopefully this love is seen and felt by others. Okay, we come from a variety of backgrounds. We have different personalities, and we're certainly not perfect. I won't enlarge on that last point. But this love and unity that we share is something special, something precious, knowing that oneness in Jesus. 
But, sisters and brothers, we can't afford to rest on our laurels or become complacent. We need to take care to protect, to protect this oneness. If we find ourselves starting to fall out with a, a brother or sister, even if they don't know about it, we have to nip it in the bud straight away and not feed it. We mustn't allow any potential bitterness to even begin to take root. And I thank God that he has kept us united during this time of vacancy, this time of transition, when we haven't had a vicar. Going on two years now almost, isn't it? And I pray God that he will continue to keep us united with one another and in him. You know, the love shown among us is one of the hallmarks of the people of God, walking well together. And it's, as I've said before, just now, it's attractive to those outside of the fellowship, making them want to come and join with us, and more importantly, to want to follow Jesus themselves. And think about it, if being united together was important enough for Jesus to pray this for his disciples just before he went to the cross, then we need to make it a priority in our own personal and church lives. So, let's go forward, believing and accepting Jesus' words. Yes, realising that we are in an alien world by and large, but knowing that in Jesus we have his protection and care. And as we journey onwards, sisters and brothers, let's walk united and in love and in the Lord. Amen. Let's pray together now. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together this morning, whether that is in person or virtually. We thank you for the freedoms we have to meet together and to worship you. We thank you for the rapid rollout of vaccinations and the fact that that is leading to an easing of restrictions in our country. I thank you for the opportunity many of us can now enjoy of seeing friends and family more easily. We pray for our government and scientific advisors as they monitor the data and make difficult decisions about the easing of restrictions, especially now with the risk of another new variant. We pray for wisdom as they weigh up the options and decide what is best and safest for everyone. We also want to pray for those in our world who do not have these same freedoms today. We pray for our Christian brothers and sisters who cannot openly worship you. We pray that they will know you with them today and feel your comfort surrounding them, even in their fear and isolation. We pray for India, for Nepal, for Pakistan, for Brazil and other places on our hearts where the coronavirus is spreading fast and overwhelming the hospitals. We pray that there will be good structures and organisation in place to get help to the most people possible in the shortest time. We pray for conversations that are happening between governments about the sharing of vaccinations. We pray that these will be made available to everyone fairly and quickly so that we stop seeing wave after wave of infections. Lord, we also pray for Israel and Palestine today. In a conflict that seems impossible to solve from our human viewpoint, we turn to you and ask you to make the impossible possible. We pray for peace and reconciliation. We also pray for our own community here in Selly Park and surrounding areas. We want to thank you again for those in our church who are doing so much to keep things going. We pray that you will sustain them and give them rest when it is needed. I pray that they will know that they are seen and appreciated for all they do. 
And we pray for those we know who are unwell or struggling. We take a moment to pray for those known to us now. And let's finish by sharing in the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let's close with uh, a couple of prayers. Actually, the first one needs a bit of introduction from me. I work at a school which uh, traces its foundation back to King Edward VI, King Edward VI had great uh, religious zeal. He was uh, intelligent, well-educated. Actually, a lot of his education would have come from his stepmother, who was a deeply spiritual woman, Catherine Parr. Uh, She was the one who survived. She is the first woman to have published anything in English under her own name. And uh, it was prayers and meditations. So I'd like to read one of her prayers as one of our two closing prayers. Lord, you know what is most profitable and most suitable for me. So give me what you want, as much as you want and when you want. Do with me what you want, in whatever way pleases you and is most to your glory. Put me wherever you wish and do with me whatever you please. You made me, and I am in your hands. So lead me in whichever direction you want. Lord, I am your servant, fully at your disposal. My desire is not to live for myself, but for you. Amen. May the words of Christ, our Saviour, be written on our hearts. May the protection of our ever-loving Father surround us as we serve him in an alien world. And may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit unite us, that forgiven we might be forgiving, reconciled we might bring reconciliation, and living in grace we might always be gracious to one another to the glory of him whose name we claim, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.